Welcome to the best of 2023. Of the 55 episodes that were aired last year on the Faith Lived Out podcast, number 17, A Submissive Wife, What It Means and How to Be One, was the most popular with well over 500 downloads for that one episode alone. It is amazing to have that many downloads for one episode. If you have listened to it in the past, this would be a great refresher for you. And if you haven't listened to it, then I hope that you enjoy it. Have a blessed day. What does it really mean to be a submissive wife? Is it to be a doormat? That you can't have your own opinion or your own life? That it consists of you maybe being some type of slave to your husband? Does being a submissive wife mean that you have to relinquish to the fact that you are inferior to him in some way, that you don't have your own identity or your own self-worth. Today, we're going to take a look at the most commonly misunderstood commandment in the Bible, what it truly means to be a submissive wife, why we tend to fight it, and how do we live out this commandment in our marriages. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time, and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. commandment to be a submissive wife is one of the most commonly misunderstood commandments in scripture. The world would have us think that in order to do this, that we can't have our own opinion, that we're going to lose our identity, our self-esteem, or our self-worth, or that in order to do this properly, we need to consider ourselves as some way lower or inferior to men. But this is simply not what this commandment means. Being a submissive wife is doing our part in our marriages. Your husband has his part, his role that he is commanded to do as your husband, and you have your part that you are commanded to do as his wife. So how did God design the marriage relationship? Remember, he is the one that created it. He created man and female, and he created marriage. And so he knows how he designed it, 
and how it is supposed to work. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. We are commanded to be our husband's helpmate. It is one of the reasons why we were created. As his wife, you are the one person who knows your husband most intimately. You know everything about him, the good, the bad, everything. And you are the one that God has called to come alongside him, to lift him up, to help him, to encourage him. You are the one that God has called to be his helpmate. In Genesis 2, 21 through 24, it says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed it up in the place with flesh. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. Then Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. God created us to be with our husbands, to be their helpmate, like I said. And one of the things that really struck me in preparing this was the part where he says, and he brought her to the man. God presented the woman to Adam, presented Eve to Adam. This is what I have made for you. This is your wife. In Proverbs 19.14, it says, House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. We are a blessing to them as their wife. And I don't mean this in like, you know, that we should be haughty about it because we're a blessing and that we're a gift to our husbands, but we should also not look at ourselves as lowly or inferior, but understand why we were created and what our role is. So then in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Both male and female have been created in the image of God. So if you have concerns about equality in that, then don't worry about it. We were all created in the image of God and we are all equal as God's children. As I said, we just have different roles. So the scripture also tells us that in marriage, we are joined to our husbands and we become one flesh. Where it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And as a wife, we need to leave our mother and our father and be joined to our husband. We need to create that cohesive unit of two people coming together to build their own family and to work towards their own goals together. Husbands being the head of the household and wives being submissive to their husbands is all a part of God's order of things. God is a God of order. There must be some kind of order in our world, in our churches, and in our families. Otherwise, we would have chaos. It says in Ephesians 5, 22 and 20, or through 24, Wives, be submissive to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head and Savior of the church, which is his body, 
But as the church submits to Christ, so also let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. As believers, we submit to Christ and his will for our lives. And as wives, we are also to submit to our husbands in the same way. Another example is that Jesus submitted to the Father's will. When Jesus came, he didn't come and do his own will, but he did the will of his Father, what it was that his Father had called him to do, even to the point of death on the cross. Now, further in Ephesians 5, it says this, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. In this way, men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord cares for the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery, but I am speaking about Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now there are several teachings in this passage. The first one being, husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And if you think about that, Christ died for the church. That's how much he loves the church. And that's how much our husbands are to love us. In that they are protecting us. They are valiant men. And they protect their wives. And that's part of their role. That's a part of why God has called them to be the head of the household and to lead because they are to be our protectors. And then they are to cherish and nourish their wives as Christ does the church. And Christ's love and care for you, it's the same kind of love and care that your husband can give you as well. And it should be a similar type of love that he has for you and the same that what Christ has for you. And then that, again, it says that the two become one flesh. No outside influences from other family members or friends or that kind of thing. The two of you become one flesh, working together at that as that cohesive unit without the outside influences. Every marriage looks a little bit different. And every relationship is going to be a little bit different. And whatever works for you and your husband then that's fine. That's what works. And so try not to compare your marriage or your relationship to someone else or to try to make it like someone else's because it's what God created for you and for your husband and what it is that you and your husband are creating together. And then husbands are to love their wives as themselves. No one hates himself. And a husband is to love and cherish his wife the same way that he loves and takes care of himself. He doesn't hurt himself. He takes care of himself and makes sure that he's cleaned and clothed and, you know, all that sort of thing. And a husband is to do the same for his wife. And then wives are to respect their husbands. 
this is the number one thing that your husband wants from you. And if you want to know more about respecting your husband, then listen to episode eight. It's actually entitled the number one thing your husband wants from you that can make or break your marriage. And it's true. It can. A lack of respect for your husband can damage your marriage greatly. So this is how God designed marriage to be. And even in our fallen world, as believers, we can have this kind of marriage. And I can tell you with the greatest of certainty that we can have this because my marriage is living proof of it. There are other Christian marriages that are living proof that we can have this kind of marriage here on earth, even in this sin-ridden world. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I wish my husband would love me this way. Well, think for a minute. Is it possible that the reason why he doesn't is because you're not doing your part as being a respectful and submissive wife that God has called you to be? It would be difficult for any husband to love their wife in this way and to cherish her and to take care of her if she was a bit prickly and fighting him all the time. So as we've talked before, in changing our marriages, oftentimes it needs to start with us. This kind of love doesn't just happen in a marriage. You work towards it as you become closer to God and you become closer to each other. You work towards it and you can't change your husband, but you can change yourself. And that's where it is that we need to start. The best influence that you can have in changing your marriage is to start with yourself. So before we get on to what a submissive wife really looks like in this everyday life, I do want to go over why we fight it. My hope is that you will push away any animosity or fear that you may have towards this and open your heart in obedience to God. So we fight this because the fall of man. When Adam and Eve both sinned, there were consequences for that sin. For the man, the ground was cursed. His labor was going to be hard in providing food for himself and food for his family. He was now going to have to work and toil for the rest of his life. And then for the woman, in Genesis 3.16, it says, To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth, and in pain you will bring forth children. Some of us know exactly what that curse is all about. And then it also says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So a part of our curse is that we will want to rule over our husbands, over the family. We may think that we can do it better. And sometimes I'll tell you, I've had the thought, I think maybe I could do it better. Or we may have the thought of, well, my husband isn't stepping up to the plate as the family leader. And so I think that maybe I need to step in and help him along the way with this. Or society will tell us that we are all equal and that no one should be ruling over us. That we are equal to men, that we can do anything and everything that they can do and probably do it better. But this simply isn't true. Because as we talked about, we were not created exactly the same. We were created differently because we have different roles in our marriages, in our family life, and even in society. 
In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Likewise, you husbands, live considerately with your wives, giving honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they too are also heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. As I stated before, men are to be valiant. They are the protectors of our homes and of our families. When we hear something go bump in the night, or we have a stranger at the door, or we're stranded somewhere and we're afraid, we go to our husbands for protection and for guidance and for them to come and help us. And that is their role. That is, that is what they do as our husbands, as the leader of our homes. And then as women, as wives, we are called to be the nurturer, be the one that cares for our children, that cares for our husbands. We are the one that they come to when they are sick or hurting in some way, that our children come to, and we are hospitable and we are helpful to those who are around us. And then it says too, since they too also are heirs of the grace of life. We are equal as people and as believers. As I said, we're just created a little bit differently so that we can carry out our God-given roles. So the second reason that we tend to fight this is because of pride. And I looked up some of the synonyms for pride, and it says ego, pridefulness, self-esteem, self-regard, and self-respect. Pride is all about self. It's all about me and what I can do for me and look at me and I need to take care of me. But we know that this is not of God. God does not call us to take care of ourselves, but calls us to take care of others who are around us and to put others before ourselves. And if we are to put the body of Christ before ourselves, then how much more so can we put our husbands before ourselves as well? The man that God has chosen for us and that we love. Some in our society would have a a view that being a submissive wife can lead to abuse. This clearly shows a lack of understanding of true biblical meaning of being a submissive wife. It shows a lack of faith and trust in God and in his sovereignty, and it puts the sin of abuse in the wrong area. Abuse is not caused by the wife, and it is not her sin that causes this. Abuse is caused by the man not loving his wife the way that God has called him to do so. It is his sin and his sin alone. And please know, if there is any kind of abuse in your home, by all means, call the police, call your pastor, call a friend, call a family member, whatever it is that you need to do. But God does not ever call for a woman to be submissive to an abusive husband and to live in abuse. That is not what this is at all. So please, if there is anything like that that is happening in your family, know that God does not want you to stay in that abusive relationship. So then what is the true meaning of being a submissive wife and how do we do it? Well, first, it's an obedience to God. In Titus 2, 3 through 5, it says, Likewise, older women should be reverent in behavior and not be false accusers, not be enslaved to much wine, 
but teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, and to be self-controlled, pure, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Now, God brought this home for me one day. So I come from a family of leaders, not followers. I know exactly what I want and what I don't want. I know exactly how I think that things should be done and how I don't think that they should be done. I am quite assertive at times in how I think that these things should happen. And I don't generally need my husband or anyone else to help me make a decision. I can generally do it on my own and do it rather quickly. So when it came time one day, I had just had my tubes tied. I mean, literally like two days before I had just had my tubes tied and my dad and the rest of my family were all meeting at my dad's house and they wanted us to join them. Now, mind you, I lived in Southern California and my dad lives in Northern Arizona. So we're talking about a seven hour drive across the desert and through the mountains of Arizona up to my dad's house. My husband was not a fan of this idea. And I was thinking, I'm fine. Oh, it's going to be good. It's okay. And he's thinking, you're talking about going across the desert and going through the mountains and we don't know. We're going to be in the middle of nowhere half the time. And you just had surgery. Like, no, this is not a good idea. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he didn't want to go. And I thought, well, you know what? I know how to drive. I know how to make that trip. I'm not afraid to make that trip by myself. I'm going to go get in the shower and I'm going to get ready to go. And so I did. I marched my little self upstairs and I got in the shower. And as soon as I did, God knocked on my heart and said, have I not called you to be submissive to your husband? I went, oh, well, yes, Lord, you have. I've had quite a few lessons about how to be submissive to my husband. And no, that's not what I'm doing right now. I'm not being submissive to him at all. So when I got out of that shower, I got myself dressed and I didn't go anywhere. Now I could have gone, but had I gone, I would have regretted it. I never regretted not going. But in looking back and thinking about it, I would have regretted terribly had I went. I would have disappointed my husband. That whole time that we were away, I would have known that I let him down, that I displeased him, and that I just put this wedge between us in not being one with him and not following what he had asked me to do. He was trying to look out for me. I was the reason why we weren't going. And he was trying to protect me. And I was just throwing it back in his face. And thankfully, God touched my heart and reminded me that when I am not submissive to my husband, that I am not obedient to him. I am not obedient to God. So being submissive to our husbands means putting his desires before our own. What it is that he wants us to do, what it is that he's trying to do to maybe protect us or to help us or to protect the family, whatever that may look like, but to put his desires 
before our own. The second thing is, if you know that there's something that your husband doesn't want you to do, then don't do it. If it's, you know, maybe a friend that you hang out with that he's concerned about the influence that it may be, or you going out late at night somewhere and he wants you to be protected and safe, whatever it might be that he doesn't want you to do, then honor that and don't do it. And then if there's something that he does want you to do, well, then follow through with it, handle it, take care of it. Ask his opinion. This is another one. To ask his opinion and to be sure that you're both on the same page when you're making major decisions, whether it's a major change in your life or even slightly major change in your life, or maybe it's a good size purchase or that kind of thing. But make sure that you're on the same page because if you're not, then one, it's not of God because God's not going to tell you one thing and tell your husband something else. So if you're not on the same page in the decision that you want to make, then you need to stop. Both of you need to stop and pray and ask God to change your heart and to make it the same. Because like I said, God is not going to tell you to go in one direction and tell your husband to go in another. So if you are at odds with one another and you don't agree, then you need to stop and pray and be open to God changing your heart. It may be you that need to change and not your husband. So I can give you kind of an easy example of this. Years ago, my husband and I went to go buy a fifth wheel and we wanted a toy hauler because, you know, we had dirt bikes and quads and stuff like that. And, and at the time they had two different kinds. They had the kind that had the garages in the back. That was kind of the new thing that was coming out at that time. This is dating me because this was years ago, but, um, so they had the garages that were in the back. And then um, they had ones that didn't have a garage. It just went all the way back and you just kind of rolled up the carpet and put up the beds and that were in the back and you just brought your toys in. I wanted that kind that didn't have a garage because it was more open and it seemed to have more room for our family. He wanted the garage. He thought that was kind of cool. And then that, you know, those smelly things would be back there and they would be, you know, not smelling up the rest of the the trailer. The only thing is, is when you get somewhere, you take those out. They're not smelling the rest of the trailer anymore. But anyway, we disagreed on what it is that we should get. And I certainly gave my opinion to him, told him why I thought it was a good idea to get the kind that didn't have the separate garage, but went all the way through. And then I just kind of stayed quiet. We went through, we looked at different ones, all kinds of different things. And I went with him every time. I didn't put down the ones with the garages or anything like that. But we just kept looking and kept looking. And then finally, he came to me and said, I agree. We need to get the one that doesn't have the garage so that we have all that open space. And now, years later, we still have that trailer and we won't give it up. We need to like completely (laughs) redo it, but we won't give it up because it's difficult to find the ones that don't have the garage. And we have come to realize how much we like it and how much um, it has worked out well for us. If I had been nagging at him, if I had been fighting with him about it, what good would that have done? But to just sit back and wait and to pray, and I did have to pray, Lord, if I need to change, then show me. 
change my heart. Show me why this other, you know, garage is a good idea and, and what it is that we need to have. It wouldn't have done any good if I had been begrudging about it or difficult about it. And that leads us into our next thing is that as we have a discussion with our husband and we give them our opinion, his word is final. And if we don't like what that answer is, then storming off and being mad is not going to be helpful. We need to be a submissive wife and not do it begrudgingly or with attitude or complaining. Changing our ways isn't going to be easy. It's difficult to learn to be submissive, but it can be done. And in learning it, we need to go to God in prayer and ask him to help us with our attitude about it. Ask him to help us to change our heart and to make it more like his and in being the kind of wife that he has called us to be. As we are obedient to God in being a submissive wife with joy, then God will change our heart and he will help us in that area. Now, I know that some of you may be thinking, you know, but my husband, he's a believer, but he doesn't really follow God right now. And I'm just not, I just can't trust in the decisions that he makes for our family. Or maybe your husband isn't saved. And this is a very difficult place for a woman to be. And my heart goes out to you because I know that it is very different, difficult you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. Like I need to submit to my husband and I need to submit to God, but they're not always on the same page. But know this, that God is sovereign. He knows everything. He sees everything. And he is in full control over your life and even over your husband, whether he's a believer or not. In 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, it says this, Likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, as they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Do not let your adorning be the outward adorning of braiding of the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine clothing, but let it be the hidden nature of the heart, that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in the old times, the holy women who trusted in God adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You are her children as long as you do right and are not afraid with any terror." Your conduct with your husband may be the very thing that brings him back to the Lord or brings him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Your behavior, your godly example of a respectful and submissive wife can be the very thing that reaches your husband and changes his heart. In the meantime, you can trust God to watch over you and to protect you. The one thing that we learn in the book of Exodus and God leading his people out of Egypt is God's sovereignty over those who even don't believe in him. Those that 
sometimes God uses for his purpose. And we don't always understand what the purpose is behind it at the time when we're in the midst of it because we can't see it. But God does have a purpose for it. So in Exodus 10, 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these signs of mine before him, in order that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son what things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am Lord. So think about that for a minute. God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he could show his people in, in that who were in Egypt. And we read about it today, our sons and our sons' sons and their sons. They read about the mighty hand of God and what he did for the people in Egypt and how he brought them out of slavery. And he did that with his mighty hand to show his purpose. And he can do the very same thing in your marriage and in your life. That's how he protects us is with his sovereignty and with his will. And you can trust him in that. Now, please know that if you are asked by anyone, whether it's your husband, whether it's your boss or a coworker, even your pastor, whoever it is, if they ask you to do something that is against God's word, absolutely not. You can absolutely say, no, I'm not going to do that. Here's where it says in scripture that that is not of God and I'm not going to do it. So that is one area that, like I said, your husband, your boss, your coworker, whoever it may be, that you can say, absolutely not. I will not go against God's word. But God will be with you as you learn to be a submissive wife, as you show that respect and that submissiveness to your husband. That is how you get that kind of marriage that we're all looking to have, that we have that love and that cherishness and that all of that. I'm going to make up a new word, cherishness. But that's how we have that kind of love that God originally designed for us, that he designed for marriage to have, is by being obedient to God and the way that he has called us to be submissive to our husbands. As I was reading this, I looked at Matthew Henry's commentary and it says this, if man had not sinned, he would have always ruled with wisdom and love. If the woman had not sinned, she would have always obeyed with humility and meekness. This should be the desire for our marriages. And it can happen as we are obedient to God and we carry out our roles as wives in the way that he has called us to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the wisdom of your word. I thank you for creating marriage in the way that you did, the loving union that you created, Lord, that is such a blessing in our lives for those who have learned to do it in the way that you have called us to. Lord, it is a blessing beyond measure. And Lord, I just pray for each lady who is listening, Lord. 
I pray that you will give them strength and wisdom and guidance and perseverance in learning to be the submissive wife that you have called them to be and knowing what it truly means, what it truly is, Lord, to be that submissive wife and that you do not look down upon them or think them lowly in any way. But Lord, you have created the wife to be a gift to her husband, that they may become one, working together for their family and loving one another, Lord. Lord, I pray over the men who are the husbands of these wives. Lord, I pray that you will work in their hearts as well, that you will bring them to a place where they love their wives the way that you love the church, Lord, that they will be valiant men who protect their wives and love them and cherish them. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of these marriages. Lord, you can change the most difficult marriage and make it beautiful and make it into what you want it to be, what you have created it to be. And Lord, I just lift up each one of these ladies and just ask that you continue to be with them, that you help them and that you strengthen them in this and that you strengthen their marriages, Lord. And I ask this in your precious heavenly name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.